Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. I am your host, Stacey Lynn Harp, and I am really glad that you are here with me today because you know what? Today, we're going to share with you something extremely important and something, honestly, that if you don't know what's going on in the world, especially when it comes to religious discrimination, this show is either going to tick you off, for one, or it's going to go and put a fire under you to get you Um, engaged with what the culture is actually talking about. So I want to thank you for joining and um, let you know that all you have to do is share this out because as you already know, Facebook, the evildoers there, and also Periscope and all the other social media platforms, they're really doing everything that they can to silence the message, just so you know. So I hope you guys had a great weekend. And I just want to say thank you again for being part of the audience. I I especially would like to welcome my friend Cheryl, who just came into Periscope. Nice to see you, my girlfriend. Love you a lot, just so you know. And of course, Cheryl's there. The other Cheryl is there. Stephen, welcome for coming in. Diane and Mia. And Melanie's probably coming in soon. We got a couple other people here. Let's see who else. Uh, Diane, let's see. Paul, thank you for coming in over there. Give me a minute. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share this out over on Facebook. And maybe while I'm doing that, Bareface, which isn't his real name, will actually say hi to you guys. Thank you, Melanie, for sharing that out. All right. Oops. Maybe ah. not. What? But maybe not. Maybe not. Really? Okay, hold on a minute. I have to do this. Okay. By the way, if you're new to Periscope, if you tap your phone screen, you'll be giving us some hearts. That lets me know you can hear me, first of all, and makes me feel loved, people. (laughs) Hey, it's hard to believe that, like, 15 million hearts have been tapped on this screen for our our show. It's pretty cool. All right, we're going to go ahead and do that. All right. All right. Also, <clears throat> over the weekend, I actually had um, a very interesting conversation with some old people. Yeah. So, I'm going to tell you about that, too. All right. Okay, there we go. All right, hold on. Uno momento. I know, that's one moment in Spanish. Yeah, I am. I'm bilingual. <laughs> Hey, I'm Jewish and part Spanish. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I'm not. Oops. And I'm not a comic either. But let's see here. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and share this over here on Facebook. All right. We are women of multi-talents. Okay. I love the freeze frames. Look, here. here's one of the things. Hey, you're back, Magnus. How, how are you over there in Sweden, my friend? Nice to see you. I missed you. Um, okay, so if you're on Facebook, make sure you leave a comment. That way I know that you're, you're watching. 
<clears throat> and you and on the replay, you can also do that too. And by the way, if you're listening to the archive of this show over on iTunes, uh, then um, you know, or wherever else I have it, then you guys can also share it out on your platform, which I totally appreciate and really, really super encourage you to do. Yeah. By the way, if you ever want anything to to seem super important, always put the word super in front of it and carry a clipboard. <laughs> okay? Just saying. I know there's something about a clipboard that makes you look official. I'm not sure what it is, but you should try it. I dare you. In fact, I double-dog, triple-dog dare you to get a clipboard and put a piece of paper on in there. It doesn't have to do that, you know? Just put a clipboard on there and just... Yeah, walk around and people will think you know stuff. Hello, Jace. Jace Lay, the Chosen One. Interesting name you have there. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, all right. So over the weekend, I had a very interesting conversation with some old people. If you guys were here on Friday at the very end of the show, I'm going to block the repeat bot there. Um then you know the great debate had to do with the ice cream sandwich and whether or not <clears throat> you should eat it with, um, let's see here, with, uh, you know, a fork, or you should eat it with your fingers. So that is my question of the day. Do you think you should eat your ice cream sandwich with your fork or fingers? It's super important for me to ask you that because I'm taking a poll. So just let me know. All right, let's go ahead and get into this first story because, you know, one of the things I don't like to do is, that, is be like certain other broadcasters that go on and on forever and they never get to the lead story that they're actually trying to get you in. I don't like clickbait for that reason. So when I came across this story today, um, I had to share it with you because I'm going to share with you two stories in the show that are actually contrasting. This first story actually talks about an 86-year-old pastor who lives in like uh, old people apartment apartment living. I, I don't know what the right word is, but the, what's the word I'm looking looking for? Hi, Pastor Garrett. I don't uh, know, sen- senior apartment. Senior, there you go. Senior apartment. I, I had a moment. Yeah. A senior moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody told me when you turn 50, all of a sudden, you know, that's it. You're old. That's what somebody, somebody actually told me that. So I only have like barely a month left and then, <laughs> and it's, all, then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> anyway. Do you want to go with the uh, Fredericksburg or the uh, Fox article? Let's go with the Fox one. Do you want to play the video or should I just um, go ahead and talk about it? Just go ahead and talk about it. That's fine. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to read you this article now. Uh, um. Yeah, but before I read it, I also want to let you know I'm going to share with you another story right after this one that has to do with a guy named Ryan uh, Ryan Coleman, who is a painter. By the way, he was a convict. He spent lots of time in jail and, every, and everything, and he was actually fired from a job because he would not attend the Bible study that his employer was having. So let me just say that... Um, you know, we're going to look at that, too, just so you know. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So let's look at the story. Okay, here it is. Virginia apartment complex threatens to evict pastor. That's right. For holding a Bible study. Yeah. Because the Bible is threatening people. Okay, anyway. 
All right, here it is. Okay, a battle is brewing at a Virginia apartment complex over a semi-retired pastor's Bible study group. The freelance star in Fredericksburg reported Friday, and we're going to look at that in just a second, that article, that the complex's owner has threatened to evict Kenneth Haig uh, if he continues hosting the Bible studies. Residents received a letter notifying residents that the complex was banning religious activities in the community center. Resident and Bible study attendees Billy Banks said he felt the Bible study was respectful of the space in the clubhouse and others. I think it was a thing that was going on as, and people were benefiting from it. And as far as I know, they never spoke against any other denominations, he said. The complex Evergreens at Smith Run said Haig pressured tenants to join his Bible studies and made them feel so uncomfortable that they left the club room. The complex said Haig, and I guess I'm saying his name right, but I'm not sure, but that's how I say it. <laughs> also violated its policies by inviting non-residents to the club room. The horror of it all. <laughs> See that non-resident? Quick, invite him over to the Bible study. Anyway, the Bible study was always by invitation. You can come if you want to or you don't come, said Banks. The complex alleges Haig violated his lease by running a small business out of the community room. Now, 86-year-old Haig is fighting back with the help of a national nonprofit focused on protecting religious freedom. Freedom of religion is a right. I don't think anyone should take that right away, said Banks. It's religious discrimination when the Evergreens, that's the apartment complex, uh, would threaten and then put out Mr. Haig on the streets for hosting a Bible study in his private residence, said a First Liberty Institute spokesman. The Texas-based... First Liberty Institute accuses the complex of blatant discrimination. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay. It says the tenants harassed Haig for hosting the religious classes and that he never interfered with other residents' ability to use the club room. All right. So that's part of the story. Let's get the rest. And by the way, hi, Marty. And uh, somebody else who just came in. I just... I just barely see you. Sorry about that. Okay. Searching for your knee tomorrow. Oh, okay. Do me a favor and send me that in a text message, Denny. That way I can remember to pray for you, okay? All right. So here is what the Fredericksburg, which is the local paper that covered this, actually said. Okay. So they titled it, Pastor Faced Eviction from Fredericksburg Apartment Complex for Hosting Bible Studies. Nonprofit says, by the way, the nonprofit happens to be the attorney firm that's covering this, First Liberty. And it says here, I'm going to read the whole thing, and you're going to get the whole story. It says here, a national nonprofit with the stated goal of protecting religious liberty for all Americans is accusing a Fredericksburg apartment complex of blatant discrimination against a semi retired pastor. Uh, the Texas-based First Liberty Institute recently sent a letter asking the Evergreens at Smith Run to rescind its threat to evict Kenneth Haig if he continued hosting Bible studies in the complex's club room and his own apartment. Okay, now think about that. Just, just think about this for a minute, okay? I have to rant just for a second. Okay, look. When my mom was alive, she lived in one of these type of, um, I'm not going to say facilities because it's not a facility, but it's a, it's a retirement center, you know. Usually what they are is they're mobile homes, you know. 
and the old the people who are older live in those because or, or sometimes it's a subdivision sometimes an apartment yeah. complex but it's you know for 55 and over yeah 55 is considered old these days but not really anyway <laughs> randall's just under the bar yep. <laughs> anyway anyway my mom lived in one of those and they had a community pool and a clubhouse right okay so the clubhouse um basically um you know that's open for activities and of course these places usually have rules and all that stuff for years apparently this guy has been hosting bible studies there that's one thing i before we even finish reading this i'm just going to say this look it's one thing to follow community standards and and use the thing for that particular particular purpose it's another thing to target somebody having a bible study in their house all right that's that's huge and don't miss this because at the at the very core of this issue you guys is the idea of religious discrimination and why is that important? Because the biggest thing that comes against the church is the idea of discrimination. And the, <laughs> you are, <laughs> is, is discrimination. I mean, think about it. It is, golly, I got all these messages coming in. Anyway, so the, um, the issue is, like with the gay lobby, just as an example, they will use the discrimination card against Christians. They'll say, well, you're discriminating against me and employment and blah, blah, and all this other stuff. And what they haven't intentionally done is put into law uh, anti-discrimination against Christians. Basically, they, you know, all the laws are basically to discriminate against Christians and their religious beliefs. It's the same thing with the atheists. They whine and they cry, oh, discrimination against this, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not really... The issue. Now, when it comes to Christians getting discriminated against, you know, it's usually a pin drop. You can't, you can't hear it. But that's why this is in the paper. Don't miss that, okay? Don't miss that because this is in the paper because Christians are being targeted here. If this was an Islamic guy or a witchcraft person or an atheist that was doing this or, you know, some other weirdo religion, then... Nothing would be targeted here. This wouldn't even be in the news. But because it is a Bible study is why it's in the news. So don't miss that. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go ahead here and finish reading this here. Okay. It says here, your client's action make clear residents of faith must choose between religious exercise, no matter how quiet, and living with a roof over their heads. First Liberty attorney Hiram Sasser wrote, in a letter last month to a lawyer for the complex. He wrote that the apartment's stance violates the U.S. Fair Housing Act and that the nonprofit is prepared to pursue all legal remedies, and they should. <clears throat> Douglas Erdman, president of, of Community Realty Company, which owns the age-restricted apartment complex. <laughs> I like how they put that. You know what? If you're not over 50... You can't live here, people. We're discriminated against you. This is an age-restricted complex. Anyway, they wrote in a statement to the Freelance Star that the information from First Liberty does not accurately portray the situation. Really now? He did not elaborate other than to say that the company adheres to housing laws and that Haig and his wife live, live, L-I-V, have at no point been denied the right to practice their religion in their apartment, nor have any of the other residents. The eviction notice, which the nonprofit posted on its website, 
does order Haig to, quote, cease conducting any business operations, unquote, in his apartment, including Bible studies and religious movie screenings. First Liberty said Haig is a part-time pastor for a small church, but that he led the Bible studies, quote, in his personal capacity and on his own time. So you see what they're doing here? They're saying because he's actually a pastor of a church that, that that's his business. Just so you know, if you're a pastor, that's your business. You're in the God business. Yeah, you are. Anyway, Jeremy Dice, the nonprofit's general counsel, said the organization advised Haig to comply with the apartment's demands for now to avoid eviction. He said the nonprofit has not received a response from the complex and will likely submit a complaint to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development or file a federal lawsuit. This, this totally should outrage you. In all seriousness, it should. I mean, seriously. Because this is an 86-year-old pastor. I don't know how many of you know older people like me, but these people are fragile. Most of them cannot take care of themselves. And this is completely outrageous. I mean, it really, really is outrageous. And you guys should really be mad about it because you're next, right? And, and I can already tell you that I've covered these stories one after the other. This isn't the only one where somebody's been targeted for having a Bible study on their property. We actually covered one of those a couple of weeks ago. The, it, the, they were on acres of land. Nobody could hear them. And they targeted them. And don't miss where this is at either, okay? This is in Virginia, okay? This is in Virginia. Virginia is generally considered a conservative state. Depends on who you ask. Randall's like, hmm, really, Stacy? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's on the East Coast, and, you know, it looks really super nice over there. I've been there once. Anyway, listen to this. It says, Sasser of First Liberty wrote in his letter that other residents of the complex harassed Haig for hosting the religious classes in the club room. At, at least one tenant repeatedly verbally abused the pastor, but Haig graciously endured this ill treatment and never interfered with other residents' ability to use the space. Okay, so here is the thing. Okay, so, you know, where is this person that verbally assaulted the pastor? And did the pastor bring a lawsuit against him? Because his feelings were hurt? No, he actually took it on the chops like the Lord said we would when we're being persecuted for his name. Then it says here, but the apartment's complex eviction notice paints a different picture, saying it was Haig who bothered tenants by pressuring them to join the Bible studies and making them feel so uncomfortable that they left the club room to avoid confrontation. He also invited non-residents to the club room in violation of apartment policies, according to the notice. Yeah, I don't know. That, in addition, Haig hosted religious movie screenings and counseling sessions in the club room and prevented other residences from entering during the counseling, the eviction notice states. Some residents have even stated that they will be vacating the community at the conclusion of the respective lease term due to your interference with their ability to peacefully enjoy the community and its facilities. <clears throat> now, forgive me for what I'm about to say, but I think that's a load of crap. I think it's so bull haloney <laughs> i mean seriously if you're that dense and shallow that you would be like oh my gosh i give it i'm gonna move seriously i mean you got a big fat problem if if somebody holding a bible study or 
let's say you are using the counseling room to help somebody, you get offended because you you know you're you're told not to go in there. Something is fishy here, and I say that with utmost respect. But I, I call BS when I see it, and I think that's complete BS. And then it goes on to say here: First Liberty portrayed the apartment complex as hostile to Hague's religion saying the landlord even insisted that the pastor refer to the Bible studies as book reviews. It also claims the complex reneged on its agreement to cover part of the cost of a social dinner because a tenant briefly and audibly said grace over the meal. So you see this? It's not just the Bible study. It's also pastoral counseling and eating and blessing God's food, you know, ahead of time. Now, if you were a Muslim, just say for sake of argument, and you were holding your five times of prayer in the community room on your mat, and you were bowing to Allah, and then you were reading the Hadith and other things there, and you were learning stuff, would, first of all, that would be called a book study or a book review? Would you be, you know, threatened by other people because how dare you, you know, if you're big horn thingy went off to tell you it was time to pray you know would that be targeted i mean seriously would it no it wouldn't be because you know what if it was you know what i would be reading it on the show i would be telling you about it. i'd be like oh my gosh look at this this discrimination against this islam guy who's 86 years old and he's gonna get thrown out of his apartment complex because he's praying to allah five times a day right it doesn't happen that way uh, it goes on to say, the conflict arose early last year when Haig started leading non-denominational Bible studies with other evergreen tenants, according to the nonprofit. He applied to reserve the club room for the meetings and submitted a down payment to the apartment manager. <clears throat> the manager insisted Haig called the Bible study a book review before the reservations got canceled because of a, quote, misunderstanding uh, of the starting date, First Liberty wrote, the meetings were held in a resident's apartment for the remainder of 2017. The manager approved Haig's request to use the club room in January, but he claimed other tenants attempted to interfere with the Bible studies on several occasions, and the complex released a new policy last month prohibiting religious activities in the club room. The Evergreens continues to permit non-religious activities, including birthdays, baby showers, and wedding receptions. Okay, wait, wait, hold on a minute. So a birthday, a baby shower, and a wedding reception are considered non-religious. Really now? Hmm. I mean, technically they are, but let's just think about this logically. A birthday, hmm, well, who calls you into existence according to Psalm 139? That would be God. God does. Well, God. as long as you don't mention it. I know, but God's, God's book, involved, just so you know. Hey. I hey. know, but. All right. And then, baby showers. Who's the one who likes to rejoice little babies? Hmm? That would be me, just so you know. I think babies are awesome. And wedding receptions, like, uh, who made marriage? Just so you know, it was God. <laughs> God is everywhere. But they don't see that, right? They're so blinded, they don't see that. By the way, I'm going to also share one other thing with you before I, I finish this. So, anyway, it says here, the landlord will rationalize what it's doing in terms of the purposes of the meeting room or some such blather, and a judge who thinks religious meetings are inappropriate might go along with that. Laylock, or Laycock, wrote in an email, but that would not be what the statute says. So, so again, this is... Imagine this was your grandpa, okay? I'm just curious. 
Oh, hey, Carmen over there on, on Facebook. Nice to see you. Imagine, seriously, this was your dad or this was your grandpa, you know, this 86-year-old pastor minding his own business, just fulfilling his call in life, trying to do a little Bible study. And he's being picked on by some other resident and the manager of this place he lives in. <clears throat> you know, you know who's behind it, right? The devil is behind it. <laughs> Always remember, the devil's in the details. Yeah, they throw their prayer mat in the middle of New York traffic, stopping all traffic. That's actually true. They've done that. So, okay, let me go back and read some, some uh, comments here. You have a Wednesday, you have a house church every Wednesday night. Could be us. Yeah, it could. Okay. You're okay. Magnus, that's exactly true. And very unfair. Welcome to the political correctness gone wild. That dude is a hero. They should be thankful instead of harass him. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it is legal. And that's, that's, that's the craziness of it all. Okay. Now the other story, uh, do you want to weigh in Randall on this? Do you have any thoughts? Well, it kind of reminds me recently with the, uh, the harvest, SoCal harvest, Yeah. you know, uh, where first, you know, they've been advertising for all these years and then, and it's like, Oh, somebody complained. So somebody complained about that silhouette that could be in, you know, interpreted as a bible uh on your banner you're gonna have to change an advertisement and and so they do they go to the expense of reworking the artwork to reprint these things ready to go with it and then Irvine company says you know what on second thought we just here's your money back you can't advertise here so here's this pastor for years apparently in bible studies here he he says oh i want to do a bible study uh, in the in the clubhouse, you know, a series of Bible studies. I don't know how many, but you know, maybe it's on Tuesday nights or something like that. And they say, "Oh yeah, you can use it on Tuesday nights." Okay, you know, you have to make a down payment to reserve the clubhouse, like any other residents. Oh well, you know what? Before you start that, before you start that, you're gonna have to call it a book review. Don't call it Bible study, and then you can, and then you can do it. And he's like, "Well, fine, I'll call it a book." Oh, you know what? You wanted to start. You wanted to start in. Uh, you wanted to start in April and Tuesday. Oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't understand. We we got some things mixed up, and it's booked for the rest of the year. Sorry. I don't know if we got his deposit back or what, but you know, it's just. Um, you know, I just wish they'd be non-cowardice about it, you know, instead of a business running in your apartment or whatever. Just say, hey, we hate Christians and we don't like your God stuff and and, and we don't like that. And deal with it. And just, just come out and say it, you know? Yeah. I'd rather you were hot or cold, <laughs> the Lord yeah. said. Well, This political correctness, lukewarmness is kind of irritating sometimes. Okay. I agree. Okay, now let's look at this next story because this one here is actually um, interesting. This one's over on the Washington Post website. And what's really sad about this, first of all, this is under the business title, which is very interesting. Um, the title says he said he wouldn't join his company's Bible study, period. After being let go, he's suing. Now, first of all, that headline is super awkward. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Unless you read the article. So I read the article and I'm going to read it to you. And then I'm going to read you the actual court document and, and, sh and tell you what this guy is actually expecting. This is 
this is this is how to let's see hmm if you want to learn how to get rich super easy follow this guy's example okay anyway it says here a 34 year old painter is suing up dolled up construction a company based south of portland oregon by the way keep in mind oregon is a relatively liberal state for allegedly firing him after he refused to join a christian bible group for employees Ryan Coleman is seeking $800,000 from the company after its owner allegedly said participation in the Bible study or Bible group was required if he wanted to keep his job. Coleman told the Washington Post that when he explained to the company's owner, Joel Dahl, that he had different beliefs, Dahl said, if you want to keep your job, everybody needs to attend. If not, I'm going to be forced to replace you. Coleman said he initially took part in the weekly hour-long Bible classes for six months, fearing he wouldn't be able to find another job. Dahl's attorney, Kent Hickam, described Dahl as a second-chance employer. He told the Oregonian that he once served prison time for attempted second-degree assault and struggled with drugs and alcohol. He said he started Dolled Up Construction in 2016 after years of staying sober with the hope of hiring other convicted felons or those who have battled addiction. Okay, so first of all, let's look at the guy that owns the company. He's a, he's a, he's a convict or felon. Thanks. Yeah, that actually recovered. He got reformed. He probably found the Lord in jail. That's my guess. Um, anyway, and so he's out of jail, out of prison. He starts up a construction company. And now he wants to help others like him, right? Now he has a right to do that perfectly perfect fine right to do it when i was in california uh, i was on the executive board of an organization called grandma's house and grandma ha grandma's house was a, ha a halfway house or she calls it a no yeah it was basically a halfway house for uh, women convicts who were in jail uh, and we basically took in uh, women and their children a lot of places would um, you know reject them wouldn't take them in but we took them in and they understood the requirements living there were, this is a Christian facility, you know, you have to go to Bible study, you have to do all that. And, you know, there was some set rules that she, my friend, had to, had, had to put into place. And so people understood that. This dude, Ryan, he got that. He understood when he got hired at this place who the owner was, what his mission was. And I bet you he was super happy he got a job. Just saying. So Coleman, Ryan Coleman, it says here, has a past felony conviction and served a prison sentence for child neglect and for selling meth methamphetamine. But he's been sober for years and recently won custody of his 10 and 14-year-old sons. So that says a lot right there. Coleman told the Post that after being hired by Dolled Up Construction in October, he woke up excited every morning to work with his new painting crew. It's a tough job to find a job like that, he said. Hickam told the Oregonian that the Bible studies were required. But when reached by the Post, Hickam said their sessions were a weekly motivational team building exercise held at a homeless shelter. He said the sessions were scheduled at the end of an afternoon shift. Employees who attended would be paid for that hour, and employees who did not attend would not be paid. Asked repeatedly to clarify whether the session was mandatory for employees, Hickam said, there's a lot of great lessons to be learned from the Bible, and I think it's a wonderful. He made this opportunity available for his employees. 
Coleman said he didn't learn about the Bible sessions until after he started working for Dahl. Coleman told the Post that he first asked Dahl if he could schedule appointments or other meetings during the Bible study hour so he wouldn't have to miss work. Dahl's response, Coleman said, was that there was no other option and that Col- Coleman had to be there, which I don't, I don't agree with that. Because first of all, the guy said, it, it just said that these sessions were held at the end of the day. So nobody had to miss any work. And if they showed up, they got paid. And if they didn't, they didn't get paid. So I'm not sure about that. But anyway, it says here, Coleman is not a practicing Christian and told Dahl multiple times that he wasn't comfortable attending the Bible study. In April, Coleman allegedly told Dahl in a phone call that he had a right not to attend the Christian Bible study, at which point he was fired, according to court documents. Now, I actually took the time to read the court documents that they have linked here, so I, I know what they said. I'll tell you that in a minute. Coleman's attorney, Corrine Schramm, said she knows of no other reason that Coleman was let go. Coleman was able to find another job painting after he was let go from dolled up construction, but he has stepped away from that job since gaining custody of his sons. Really? Why do you think that is? I have an idea. I think it's because he's clearly trying to get almost a million dollars from dolled up construction. So then it goes on to say that the law professor uh, said the federal law prohibits companies from firing or hiring based on an employee's religious beliefs. Under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, employers cannot discriminate against workers on the basis of sex, race, color, national origin, or religion. Protections for employees' religious choices are important, not only in cases of discrimination, but also to accommodate and support workers' practices and beliefs. Dolled Up Construction's website links to a Facebook page that has been taken down, probably because they were harassed after this this article. Uh, and video ads for the company say it specializes in painting, roofing, and home remodeling. Coleman, Ryan Coleman, the dude here, is suing for $50,000 for alleged loss of income and an additional $750,000 for mental stress and humiliation. Coleman said he hopes his case will show others that that they are entitled to stand up for their beliefs even if they differ from their employers. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you believe in Allah or Buddha or anybody, Coleman said, it should not be used against you if you're trying to make a paycheck for a company you enjoy working for. It's your right. So <clears throat> uh, I've covered so many of these stories, especially with the gay the gay agenda. So I clicked through and I read the the legal document, right? Which, uh, by the way, is eight pages long, I think it is. And I'm just going to read you the formal complaint. Okay. So, yeah, he's wounded for a lifetime, right, Charlie? So, okay, so it says here, um, says who they are, gives you the complaint, and Ryan Coleman, an individual versus Dolled Up Construction, Inc. By the way, that's D-A-H-L-E-D. Uh, which is interesting because that was my stepdad's last name was Dahl. So that's kind of interesting. It says here, complaint, religious discrimination under the Oregon Workplace Religious Freedom Act, and then wrongful termination, common law. And then it says prayer, $800,000 fee authority, and that gives that, okay? Not subject to mandatory arbitration and jury trial demanded. So they want to take this to a jury, 
All right. And this is so important to understand because, first of all, this is in Oregon, which is very liberal. But the fact that they want to take this to a jury tells you something. Okay. Um, so it gives the, the who the defendant and all that other stuff is here. And then uh, it says here, at all material times, defendant dolled up was Mr. Coleman's employer. Mr. Coleman was supervised by defendant dolled up employees or agents. And Mr. Coleman relied on the actual or apparent authority of defendant dolled up's employees, supervisors, management, blah, 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 blah. That's all boring stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so he was hired on October 5th, 2017 as a painter. He was a hardworking employee and dedicated to his job. Um, Dolled Up is a construction company that provides primarily residential remodeling and renovations. Soon after Mr. Coleman began working at Dolled Up, he discovered that owner-supervisor Doll required his employees to attend a Christian-based Christian Bible study during work time. Mr. Coleman is not a practicing Christian. Mr. Coleman repeatedly told the owner and supervisor that he was not comfortable attending Christian Bible study and that it was illegal for owner supervisor doll to require his employees to do to do so despite his protest. You know, the owner continued to insist that Mr. Coleman attend Christian Bible study as a condition of continuing employment in order to keep his job and believing he had no other choice. Mr. Coleman attended the required Christian Bible study. Then on April 12th, 2018. In a telephone conversation with the owner, Mr. Coleman once again asserted his right not to attend the Christian Bible study. Now, you gotta, you gotta admit, and I am gonna say this, if the owner of this company really did what they're alleging here, then he was wrong. But it doesn't sound like he did based on how the article was actually written. This is the part that makes it fishy. The claims for relief section. Okay, first claim for relief. Religious discrimination under the Oregon Workplace um, Religious Freedom Act. Okay. He goes on to say here that uh, his Mr. Coleman's religion and complaints about religious discrimination were motivating factors for the above-described retaliatory actions and decisions made by defendant dolled up, including but not limited to Mr. Coleman's termination. As a direct and proximate result of defendant dolled up's unlawful conduct, Mr. Coleman has incurred and continues to incur lost income in the amount to be proven at trial, which is alleged to be 50,000 bucks. So that's not, it's actually not bad for a painter. Okay. As a direct, and this is the part you got to hear. Are you okay, baby? Okay, I know. I didn't feed you before the show, so my baby's hungry. <laughs> As a direct and proximate result of defendant dolled up's conduct, Mr. Coleman has suffered and will continue to suffer mental stress, humiliation, inconvenience, and loss of enjoyment of life, all due to his non-economic loss in an amount to be determined at trial, which is alleged to be 700 and $50,000. Okay. And then of course, they're also asking that doll construction pay the attorney's fees in the event that, you know, this guy actually win his case, but don't miss this. Okay. This is insane. He's suffered. Okay. He suffered. 
and will suffer. He will continue to suffer mental stress and humiliation. Seriously? Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. Hold on. Now, when I covered some of the lesbians that did this, they claim mental stress, breakdowns, all this other stuff because they were denied a, a, a wedding cake or whatever. I'm like, who the heck? Yeah, I mean, serious. Humiliation. Humiliation would be like if all of a sudden he's painting on his job and then the people at the job said, ooh, you know, you're kind of a beefcake. Why don't you take your shirt off? Yeah, I'm turned on by you. And, ooh, I think I'm going to urinate on you. Ooh, because that turns me on. Now, that sounds gross, but I'm sorry. In the gay community, they do that. Okay, that would be humiliation to be told you can go to the Bible study if you want. And if you go, you'll get paid. Well, I don't want to go because I'm not a Christian and I'm being offended highly. Where the heck is the humiliation in that? I mean, that's completely insane. And then this part, inconvenience and loss of enjoyment of life, all due to his non-economic loss in an amount de determined at trial, which should be 750000 bucks. Seriously? I mean, bareface. We need to do something like this. We need to get offended somewhere. And we need to get, you know, an attorney. And we need to slap and be all highly offended so we can get rich. What do you guys think, huh? Let's go do this, people. I mean, <laughs> no, seriously. Just, yeah, if this is lifelong humiliation that threatens income, it's like, how do you, how do you take nourishment in the morning? You know, how do you, how do you cope, you know, with... <laughs> Um, and loss of enjoyment of life. Yeah, I mean, what, all due to his non-economic loss. What if what if somebody actually on the street, you know, called him a name or looked at him funny? I mean, he'd probably have to be institutionalized <sighs> because yeah. you know, loss of enjoyment for, for you know of life because he lost a job. I mean, that's man. Anyway, and then it's interesting. It said that he had another job for a while, which he right. has left right. since since he's got custody of his sons. Makes you wonder what, why he left. Yeah, did he sue them to be too? a stay home dad? You know, mm -hmm. you know, you know. And then he has to make an income. So, well, yeah. Did he did he did he sue the other employer because they wouldn't allow him the time to spend with his children? Now he'd actually have a, a an illegitimate. Um, complaint there. If. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this dude's name in a Google News re result search. I'm going to. I'm going to see keep, what comes I'm going to keep it. tracking this story because I guarantee you, there's something we're not seeing here. Yeah, it's 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 you know, you know <laughs> uh, the insistence upon a jury trial is you know, rather than arbitration. <laughs> Tells me you're not interested in equity or resolving a situation. The insistence on seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Because mm -hmm. he lo what was it? He lost. He he's this guy needs some therapy. Enjoyment of life. Enjoyment of life, all due to his non-economic loss. Um, emotion, including but not limited to severe emotional distress, anguish, humiliation, anger, shame, and anxiety. Um. Yeah, interview his drug dealer. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, what's really sad, you know, I'm, as you guys know, I sell Legal Shield, and I, I will tell you, I've been over the weekend, um, I'm getting certified to sell Legal Shield to businesses, right? So we have a couple different Legal Shield plans and everything. 
One of the things that I learned in my training is that there is approximately 100 million cases filed every year with employees and employers. Now, I, I heard that number and I thought, no, nah, that's got to be insane. 100 million, that's kind of ridiculous and outrageous. But when you have garbage like this, I can believe it. Because, I mean, I cover so much of this stuff within the gay lobby. I mean, it's ridiculous how much stuff there is. And then you've got your atheist complainers and all this other stuff. But here's the other thing I want you to know. I was in, I was subpoenaed in a court case a number of years ago with, with a friend of mine who, um, who was targeted by a homosexual activist. I was in the case because I did a favor for my friend. I sent the homosexual activist a one-line email telling him to stop lying about uh, the biography of my friend. All right, one-line email. I was deposed for three hours, three hours on the phone with these attorneys because I wrote a one-line email, okay? So... You know, and after after that three hours, I was like, dang, now I know why people hate lawyers. <laughs> True story. I mean, all I did was write a one-line email. But those lawyers, they literally, you know, they they ripped apart my friend, first of all. And, and they were able to twist something, like, you know, inside out, like a million times to make it appear one way. So that's why I'm suspect here, because... If this guy has such emotional distress because of that, and his life is ruined because he had to go to a Bible study, and, and the irony of it all is this. Notice how in both stories the Bible is mentioned? Hmm? Yeah. Do you notice how the Bible study is a threat? It's either a threat to somebody who doesn't want to go to one. He's being paid. Hey, if somebody paid me to go to a Bible study, I'd be there. I'd be like, hey, yeah, give me that money, dude. I don't care. I'll sit there. I'll listen to your stuff. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> The Bible is a threatening book, people. Yeah, it is. You know why? Because it changes lives. It's the good book. It's the holy book. It's a living book. It's alive. Yeah, it is. Which is why Bible News Radio exists because, you know what? I'm going to be here until God tells me I'm not. Right? I'm going to be here. I'm going to declare the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he can set lives free. People who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, their lives are changed, and the good news is they don't go through stuff like this. We are the persecuted ones here. You know what I'm saying? We are the persecuted ones. Bible says, I believe in 1 Timothy, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And some people in this world don't think that this is persecution, what I'm talking about here. But trust me, it is. If this was you you would be like feeling totally persecuted because you're, you're like, for, first of all, your company is targeted. For what? Not for doing a bad paint job, not for bad construction, not for him fluffing up the books or messing with, you know, embezzlement or, or harassing somebody sexually on the job for a Bible study. A Bible study. That's why he's being targeted because he's actually teaching his people how to be free in Christ, right? I mean, he's sharing, she's sharing the truth, which sets people free. And as a, you know, a, a convict or whatever that was set free, that's his job. And anybody who's been set free, that's what we do. We talk to people about it. 
Can't shut me up about it. People have been trying to for a long time. So far, it didn't work. So this Ryan Coleman dude, we need to we need to pray for this guy, right? Because he needs Jesus. That's what he needs. <sighs> so there's that. But then the 86-year-old pastor guy, hey, you know what? My friend Amos, who lives over in the assisted living with my dad, that guy's a retired pastor. And he's 85. And that guy... Man, I can't shut him up about God and stuff. He's, he's got dementia. Sometimes he doesn't make any sense. But when I get him talking about a conversation about God, oh my gosh, the wisdom that comes out of that guy's mouth. I'm just like, I'm sitting there going, whoa, I had no idea. I, didn't even, I never even thought of that. You know, he's called to share the gospel. That's what real Christians do. Real Christians actually share the gospel. They talk about the Bible. They want to read the Bible. They want to share the Bible with people. Yeah, they do. Right? That's what real Christians do. Right, Pastor Garrett? We actually take the Bible and open it up and read it and share it with people. And then there's always there's always one or two little knuckleheads, you know, just like Tobiah and Samballot in the book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah was trying to do his building the wall thing, they came and they like they started ridiculing him. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, you think you're going to accomplish this? That wall's been down for over 100 years. You think you're going to be able to fix this wall? Do you? Ha, ha, ha. You know? And you know what Nehemiah did? He just pretty much ignored them. Went like, forget you. I ain't going to talk to you. So that's what we have to do as, as believers. Just realize that the enemy comes in many forms. <laughs> and it's sometimes not the form that you would expect. In fact, I was telling Randall... Uh, Sam Ballot and Tobiah, who are mentioned in New- Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2, I believe, um, they were Jewish. And they were in Jerusalem harassing Nehemiah, who had to come from afar. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king, a pagan king, I might add. And Nehemiah said, you know, he prayed for four months, went before the king. The king gave him favor, said, hey, take all my resources. You know, here's a couple of letters from the governor to make sure you can go out, do whatever it is that God's laid on your heart. He went, he does this, right? But he had to be prayed up, first of all. He got the favor of unbelievers. See, God will give you favor with people that don't know him. And it's our job to go, yeah, God, that's awesome. You know, because God does that, right? Bible talks about how what was that some notification that okay. shouldn't be happening well anyway God talks about how he restores what the locusts have eaten um, and he does that when something super good happens to you in Jesus you can't not tell somebody that's why I exist because I'm always here talking about it talking about stuff right all right those of you I know she's not in the room anymore but oh yeah you are yeah, my friend Cheryl's in there, in the chat room right there. She's the one with no face. We need to put a picture on you, girl. <laughs> you know, the Lord, like, reconnected me and her after 30 years. We have an awesome story, man. God is good, right? God is good because he restores what the locusts have eaten. But at the same time, you know, the thing is, is you have to be vocal and you have to stand up for what's right and be bold in your faith and not be ashamed. Because you know what? There's somebody who's watching you who's curious. And you never know who it is. And then you never know who you're going to impact for eternity. You just don't know. You don't know. All right. So with that said, I have another good news story. 
Um, but I want to get to a couple of things before we get to that. So the good news story comes out from the Christian Headlines website titled Christian Cheerleaders Win Right to Include Bible Verses on Banners. I'm going to look at that in just a second. Um, do you have Sandy's thing? Yes, I do. Okay, so my sister-in-law-in-law, Sandy, um, she has a book, a Christian book. I want to tell you about that. Well, we'll let her tell you about it. Um, if you are into Christian romance that's clean and edifying and well-written, then I highly recommend my sister-in-law-in-law's book. And um, all you got to do is, um, is just listen to this, and we'll tell you where you can get it. Are you ready? Hi, this is Sandy Lane, author of The Christian Romance, An Unexpected Woman. A favorite among my readers, this is a story about a man who has been disappointed in love, who meets an unexpected woman when he falls into her arms at lunch. Our hero is Mark Countryman, an associate pastor serving in southwest Florida, Hurricane Alley. He's about to turn 40 and has prayed for the Lord to wrap the divinely designated lady in a bow so he'd know it was her. Our heroine is Shelley Roberts, a spunky woman working in furniture repair. She's a practical gal who meets life with her eyes to heaven and a tool belt at her hip. I have had a reader say they wish they had a friend just like her. This is a romance between two people who love the Lord and are seeking to navigate their own relationship, even as a powerful hurricane is approaching their area. I hope the story brings smiles to readers, as well as the reminder that God really is in charge, even during our storms. Between the wisdom we are given and the faith we cling to, there is always a way. Currently, this title is available as an ebook on Amazon for only $2.99. Check out my website at sandylane.com, S-A-N-D-I-L-A-Y-N-E.com, for other titles I have available in romance and historical fiction. Thank you. Okay, so that is Sandy Lane, The Unexpected Woman. On sale now, people, at sandylane.com. You like the name, Sandy Lane? Kind of related to Penny Lane. No, just kidding. She would laugh. <laughs> Better than Dusty Road. Uh, yeah. Her. It's really kind of funny. Okay, anyway. Or Cobblestone Way. <laughs> so, okay, so get the book if you want to get a good book to read. And then um, also Ariel Ministries. Ariel um, is our main sponsor. We are so thankful for them. I am especially thankful for them, being that I am a Messianic Jew, as you all know now. I discovered that a year ago, actually, uh, but they are the Messianic uh, Bible teaching of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. You can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. You can go to BibleNewsRadio.com. You can look at the resources page. You can click through, buy some stuff over there. It will definitely edify you in your faith, and we're going to have a special resource this month uh, that I'm going to be putting together in the next couple of days that you'll be able to download. Um, so check that out, all right? And make sure that when you um, when you buy something there, make sure you use Bible News. You save that twenty percent. They know that you're getting that. They know that you're coming from my audience, and we are the only place that you get a discount. By the way, so don't uh, don't fear that. Um, and then pillars of my community. I love you guys, and I want to say thank you for donating to the show. Even if you're not a pillar and you don't don't donate every month, everybody who's ever donated to the show, if I can give you a big hug, I would because it means a lot to me. It, first of all, the Lord laying on your heart to donate to Bible News Radio touches me because this is where God's called me to, to be, right? I mean, he's given me, for whatever reason, <laughs> 
a platform. I don't understand it either. It is shocking. Anyway, but I am very thankful that God has called me to do this work. I love it. This is what I live for. I live to share the good news and I live to equip you uh, with good resources and hopefully a little commentary and goofiness. Okay. I mean, just, just say it, you know, boring teachers suck, right? So I, I like to be fun when we're teaching, but we do have expenses. And so those of you who donate to us, thank you for being the pillars of our community. Really appreciate it. And I am asking people to contribute towards uh, a little extra, if you can, towards our trip to Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is um, the Prophecy Watchers Conference. It's coming up next month, and we still need some money to cover that. Probably, I think we need, we're not quite halfway there yet. So we probably need about another seven, eight hundred bucks um, to cover to cover that in full. That way we, we have that. So if God lays on your heart to donate to us, please do so uh, by just donating over at our PayPal um, <clears throat> page over at BibleNewsRadio.com. And what else? Legal Shield. I could go on forever about Legal Shield. <laughs> in fact, I might be doing a weekly show on Legal Shield um, in the future, just so I can keep giving you guys up to date info. But if you need identity protection, which you do, and you need legal protection, which you should, especially if you're a believer, um, then get hooked up with me so I can tell you a little bit more about Legal Shield, the benefits, okay? Um, and there's that. All right. So let me get to. This last story, and actually there's two stories. I got one about the Vatican and Kim Davis, which is also very interesting. And then tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the question, how are churches failing us? There's a whole article on this. I knew it was going to take probably the whole show to do, so we'll go ahead and look at that tomorrow. But according to ChristianHeadlines.com, Christian cheerleaders win right to include Bible verses on banners. So it says here on Friday, the Texas Supreme Court. So this is in Texas, good old Texas, where everybody's conservative. Uh, the Texas Supreme Court handed a group of Christian cheerleaders a victory in their lawsuit involving run-through banners that include Bible verses. So you guys know you go to a football game, right? You get those banners, they put scripture on them, and the cheerleaders run, and the football players run, and they, they run through them and break through the banner, you know? So that's what this was about. <clears throat> the state high court, without comment, refused to hear an appeal of a lower court ruling that had sided with the cheerleaders. The dispute began in 2012, people. It's 2018. That's six years this headache has been like weighing on the shoulders and minds of these people involved. The dispute began in 2012 when middle school and high school cheerleaders at public schools and Counts, Texas, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. I think it's Counts. Counts, Counts, yeah, whatever it is, you Texonians would know, uh, began writing Bible verses on run-through banners as a way to inspire the athletes. The school district reacting to a complaint from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, no. also known as Atheist Complainers, uh, banned the banners, <laughs> and the cheerleaders filed suit. Yeah, they did. The cheerleaders have won their case at every level, the district court, appeals court, and the Texas Supreme Court. First Liberty Institute represented the cheerleaders. Uh, Hiram Sasser, general counsel for First Liberty, said the high court's denial singles an end to the dispute. After more than five years of litigation, our clients are relieved that the Texas Supreme Court has brought an end to the school district's scorched 
earth litigation tactics. As the football season kicks off across Texas, it's good to be reminded that these cheerleaders have a right to have religious speech on their run-through banners, banners on which the cheerleaders painted messages they chose with paint they paid for. On paper, they purchased. Uh, the, ca the case... Uh, could have an impact elsewhere. School districts everywhere should learn an important lesson from this failed litigation by the, by the counts or whatever it is. Independent school district, stop harassing cheerleaders and accept that they are free to have religious speech on their run-through banners. Again, why is this such a threat? It's because scripture, the holy word of God was on there offending somebody who didn't like it. The atheist complainers. By the way, Mikey Weinstein heads up the Freedom From Religion Foundation. We talk about him all the time because that's what he does. He complains. He's a complainer. God doesn't like complainers, just so you know. Okay. All right. The other thing is, and this is important, Vatican spokesmen admit lying about Kim Davis's meeting. Now, Bareface, can you put up the graphic I sent you? Probably. Okay. Bye, Cheryl. I love you, too. Um. Okay, so um, what was it? Three years ago, Kim Davis, who was the clerk, the county clerk in uh, what state was this? What state was it? I forgot. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky. In Kentucky. That's right. In Kentucky, she went to jail because she refused to sign uh, marriage certificates that actually talked for gay for gay couples. Okay, so. She actually had a visitation with the Pope and his people. But for some strange unknown reason, the Vatican decided that they were going to lie about it. Because if you recall, a couple of years ago, the Catholic Church, which flip-flops on everything, um, you know, the current, the Pope that was in there was kind of super pro-gay, right? All right. Now, this is a screenshot. I, I screenshot this from the Drudge uh, Report. About several, about half a minute ago. Okay. Well, anyway, I screenshot that, what you just saw, um, from the Drudge Report, and it was, in, it was in my Facebook memories, just so you know, for a reason, because that's going to become commonplace, right? Just so you know, that will become commonplace in the future, probably. But the question is, why did the Vatican lie? I'm going to read you this article over from Liberty Council's website. <clears throat> After lying and hiding the truth about the private meeting of Pope Francis and Kim Davis in 2015, Vatican officials now admit Pope Francis and his high-ranking officials knew who Kentucky clerk Kim Davis was and approved a private meeting with her during his 2015 visit to the United States. Federico Lombardi, SJ, former director of the Holy See Press Office, has now recalled that Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganio had spoken the night before the Davis meeting with Pope Francis and his collaborators, and obtained their consensus, as reported in the America. Yesterday, the Associated Press received a statement from Lombardi in which he now admits Vatican officials approved of the meeting with Davis. Yet, in 2015, Lombardi said the opposite of his 2018 admission, Davis is the Kentucky clerk jailed for not granting marriage licenses after the Supreme Court opinion. This is not the first time the Vatican has changed its story about Kim Davis. Back in 2015, Father Thomas Rosica, an English-language assistant to the Holy See, stated that the only real audience granted by the Pope at the Nuncature was with one of his former students and his family, which included a homosexual man and his partner, according to the Washington Post. However, off-record... 
They said there was a meeting. Privately, Vatican officials told CNN and other news outlets that the meeting with Kim Davis irked Pope Francis, saying that he didn't know the specifics of Davis's situation before meeting before the meeting, CNN reported. Remember, CNN stands for the Communist News Network. <clears throat> In 2015, Lombardi and Rosica lied about the private meeting with the Pope. Now Lombardi and Rosica admit there was a private meeting and that the Vatican officials approved the meeting. The Vatican only changed its story to admit the private meeting was approved after Archbishop Vigiano released several documents that detailed how top officials, including the Pope, knew about Kim Davis through a memo that Vigano provided to them. These lead, leaders vetted her and even received legal advice regarding the situation before approving the private meeting with her. In contrast to the dis disinformation and spin coming out of Rome, the U.S. Catholic Conference of Bishops gave the Nuncio Archbishop Vigano two standing ovations at an event following the Pope's visit in 2015. To counter the misrepresentations, of Lombardi and Rosica. In 2015, Liberty Council, whose document I'm currently reading, released a detailed description of the events before, during, and after the meeting with Pope Francis. This description matches perfectly with the recent statement of the Archbishop Vigano about the meeting. Exactly three years ago, that's why I showed you the graphic, Davis was in jail because of her religious belief to not place her name, title, and authority on same-sex marriage licenses in Kentucky. Liberty Council successfully obtained her release six days later and continues to represent her. After his election as governor, Matt Bevan issued an executive order accommodating her religious beliefs. In April 2016, the Kentucky legislature unanimously, unanimously passed a law to accommodate the religious beliefs of all Kentucky clerks. Um, and, I, and I'm not going to read the rest just because it's a little bit too long and I don't want to go too long. The point here is that why? Why is the Pope lying about meeting with Kim Davis? Because the Pope is pro-gay, just so you know, people. The Catholic Church has some serious issues, let's just say that. And, um, and people like Kim Davis are a threat to the gospel because they actually will go to jail for their belief. And um, you know what? We are living in times right now. Yeah, we have President Donald Trump who's on our side for now, but he's also still pro-gay. Just so you guys know, Trump isn't like totally anti-gay in it and stuff. So we, you know, we can't trust the guy 100%. But for now, the first couple years of his presidency, he's done some good things for Christians and conservatives. I just want you to see the duplicity of the Vatican. Because the Vatican, I think, is part of the New World Order and have rich ties to the Illuminati, which you may or, think, may or not think is legit, depending on who you are. But it is, just so you know. So, um, you know, we have to be just, you know, keep aware of what's going on out there and, you know, just keep mindful of the fact that the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, right? And that we need to be continually sanctifying ourselves in God's word, which is truth, right? That's what Jesus prayed in John, John 17, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth, right? John, David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need to have that as part of who we are as people so that we can stand firm in these days when these attacks come our way. Because, you know, who's, who's going to be next? Is it going to be your house? You're going to be having a Bible study and you're going to have some weird 
you know, HOA board come to you and say, hey, you can't have a Bible study in your house because of blah, 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 blah. Are you going to be, is your grandchild going to have, you know, are they going to be like the cheerleader and they're going to want to put a scripture on a thing? You know, I'm just saying God's word is being targeted left and right. And the only way that his word is going to remain victorious, which it always will anyway, but we as believers are going to remain victorious is if we stand firm in the truth and stand up for what he has called us to do. So with that said, I will challenge you to two things. First of all, join my text message list by texting Bible News to 33222. You'll get alerted of when the show is on. I'll send you other stuff too. Not a lot, just a little bit. And then the other thing is, as I always say at the end of every show, be bold, stand up people, and go with God because he loves you. And that is the message we need to be sharing with the world, that Jesus Christ came down in the form of a man, he clothed himself in human flesh, he walked amongst us, and then he was crucified bloodily on a cross, and then he was buried, and then a couple days later, he rose from the dead and he appeared to all these people and freaked them out. Actually, he was like, ah, you're alive, oh no. But then he commissioned those people, the church was born, and the rest, as they say, is history. But it's not yet, because you know what's coming next? He is. He's coming back. So, you know, we need to be on watch and on guard and we need to be out there doing the work that he's called us to. Amen. All right. All right, people. I hope you have a good rest of your evening and um, you guys know where you're at. You know, you know where I'm at if you need to get in touch with me. Okay. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you tomorrow. Lord willing.